What's up, everybody? Thank you for listening to the Changing Man podcast. Um, again, I just wanted to say that we are on Apple Podcasts now and Spotify, as well as all the other podcasting platforms like Downcast, Stitcher, Breaker, all those big ones. Um, I want to remind you guys now we're putting episodes out every Wednesday. So every Wednesday, we'll have a new episode moving to a uh, weekly schedule now that we've kind of figured it out and kind of figured out what I want to do with it. So please be sure to subscribe and follow on those platforms and look for new episodes every Wednesday. And thanks for listening. Enjoy. afternoon good evening everybody this is the changing man podcast episode 22 episode 22 it is november 7th the day after the election uh was up late last night following the results uh and we're gonna we're gonna get into that we'll talk we'll talk about a little bit of what happened there We, we had some history made um we had some upsets uh we had had everything. It was the makings of a perfect America soap opera again. Um, I don't think there was neither a red nor blue wave, but uh, we'll, we'll get into that. Um, the Changing Man podcast, you can listen to us on Downcast, Stitcher, Breaker, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify, uh, Google Podcasts even. Scott, if you um, are paying attention, you could subscribe on all those things. Uh, do me a favor and do that. Uh, click the uh, follow, I think. Follow to it. Get the updates. It comes out every Wednesday. Um, let's just stay updated on it. I didn't put out an episode last week. I'm sorry, guys. It just uh, having some having some family things go on around here. Wasn't exactly feeling very motivated to do it. And um, yeah, that's basically what happened. Um, First thing, first thing I kind of just want to bring up, really, um, I don't know if this has happened to other people, but I woke up kind of late this morning and I had a missed phone call from a from a local number, and um, you know I I got the I'm going to incriminate myself here. I, I slept in pretty late, so I got a call at 9:49 that I missed. I woke up at 9:50 ish, and. Uh, saw that I missed a call. So I called it back. This woman picks up the phone and, um, she's like, hello. And I say, Hey, uh, I got a call from this number. You know, it's a local number. So I'm going to call it back. And I go, Hey, this is a, you know, this is who I am. I got a call from this number. Uh, what's going on? And they basically, she was like, I didn't call you. And I'm like, what do you mean you didn't call me? I have the missed call on my phone. She's like, well, normally I, I would only call you unless I missed a call from you. And I'm like, what, what are you talking about? I have the missed call in, in right here. So is this another thing? Is this like a thing that scammers are using where they, they mask their phone number to be able to call people under the ruse of it being a local, a local number. I I feel like that's what it was. This woman sounded pretty confused about it, but she also kind of had this like smug attitude. Like, I I don't know. Name was Teresa. Seemed like a good lady. I don't know. Um, I just don't, 
like I don't I I'm not exactly frustrated because I didn't really lose anything from it, but I don't understand how I can wake up, have a missed call, call the person back, and then they're just like, oh no, that wasn't me. Like what are you what are you talking about? Maybe maybe you didn't call me. Who else has your phone? <sighs> the election was yesterday. I hope everyone did their part and went out and voted. Uh, it was a wild one. I was watching. I had a few different <laughs> well, uh, things open that I was following. I was watching the 538 stream, uh, Politico. I was watching the Young Turks on YouTube, which is just... You know, the thing is, is with, with the Young Turks, I'll just say real fast is, is every time they build up um, a semi credible, uh, you know, situation for themselves where they, they look like they're going to be uh, someone that you could listen to and trust for, you know, some news or anything, they, their professionalism goes completely out the window uh, during these election cycles and stuff, because you know, I'm watching them last night and there's Chank Uger, Chank Uger, Chunk Yogurt, um, whatever his name is. He's, uh, you know, the, the house was expected to be won by Democrats and, and you know, spoiler alert, that's, you know, for the show. I mean, yeah, the, the Democrats won the house, um, and the Republicans maintained control and even gained a few seats in the Senate, but this is something we kind of knew what would happen. And, um, I guess the hardcore believers of the blue wave, red wave thing were the ones the most upset by it. But I mean, you have, you have uh chank on the young Turks. Who's like every, every new result that comes in, he's just like, Jesus Christ, this is ridiculous. Like he just completely losing it. And you know, it's, it, it's crazy to me because they obviously, you know, they're crowdfunded completely. Their budget has been willing for them to have this very professional setup. They have guests on that come in and, you know, are um, credible in their fields to speak about what they're speaking about. And then and then they do this where they I, I, they're like feeding the trolls of the Internet by flipping out uh, in these scenarios. And it just kind of it's funny. But at the same time, it's like, come on, dude, like do better than this. There was even um, there was even some Republicans that apparently had dropped like horse manure in front of this uh, Democratic um, uh, Democratic headquarters. I want to say it was, I want to say it was Arkansas, and um, you know everybody's laughing and carrying on on the right. They're like, "Oh, this is hilarious," and blah blah. And like, granted, it's not like as if they're firebombing or shooting at this headquarters, but. Let's not lead. Once again, I said this about the Kavanaugh thing when when Republicans essentially, quote unquote, won that decision was let's not lead ourselves to hypocrisy here. Let's hold everybody to the same standard. You know, it, 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 it could be viewed as harmless. No one got hurt, whatever. But at the same time, it's, it's not needed and it's a it's a waste of time. It doesn't make your party look any more tolerant to the other side. And that's on any side, you know, you're, you're not going to gain more new voters to your party by bashing their original one. Um, I, I firmly in this may be naive, but, um, firmly believe we need to win via, you know, the, the branding of our policies, uh, the branding of policy, getting it out to the people that are willing to hear it. And, um, continuing to use 
a positive and optimistic rhetoric to change the minds of people that have been disenfranchised by the others. Um, so, I mean, there's a few, there's a few big, big wins that mattered to me anyway. I'm not going to go through, uh, all of them. Um, one of my favorites, uh, <laughs> and I do say that very sarcastically, uh, cause it just, I, I, I just do not like unicorn policy. I don't like people that think that every that everything could just happen. Um, that's just never been the case. I understand being a dreamer, wanting to have a huge paradigm shift, change change the world, et cetera. But you know, this is uh, Alexandria Ocasio Cortez uh, won the fourteenth district in New York. Um, but almost like by a landslide, like I don't, it, there's no way you can mask it or say it was close in any way. I mean, she won by 78%. Uh, she had 78% of the vote and she is now the youngest, uh, youngest Congresswoman, uh, to ever be elected at 29 years old. She just turned 29. So this woman's two years older than me, uh, which makes me feel pretty inadequate in a way, but <laughs> But that's not why I disagree with her. I promise she's um she's very she's run on an extremely progressive platform, um, progressive left platform. You know, with the everybody, you know, with with basically housing being a right, um, healthcare being a right, uh, et cetera. I mean, to the point where even CNN was like, "This is how are you going to pay for all this?" You know, because. Uh, I saw a video with her on CNN and they, they kind of ran through her policy and said, you, you believe housing is right. Healthcare is a right. Everything else. Um, you know, we did the math and it's going to cost about $40 trillion. Uh, but your proposed tax plan to mitigate those costs would only bring in 3 trillion for 10 years. Um, and I'm no mathematician. Some don't add up. It doesn't add up to me. Sounds a little spooky. So, you mean, you know, <laughs> we got to go, what is it? You, you go 10 years to get 3 trillion. So we got to go, you know, you got to go a hundred years to get 30 of it, of the 40 that you just spent, you know, and, and, and she's very into increasing tax rates on the upper class 1% um, to help mitigate that. And that's, you know, but as even CNN pointed out that those tax increases would only very, very, very marginally impact the, uh, the outcome of that with, with it just being, it's just that expensive. It's just that expensive. It's not going to, it, it couldn't work. Um, at least not, not in my lifetime, unless we come across some unobtainium or, uh, some, you know, straight Duracell lithium battery cores in the center of the universe <laughs> that can power everything uh, and, and completely dismantle oil money. And it, I, I don't know, like the, <laughs> the world market would have to really do something with that. I, the, I'm like wrapping my brain around like, well, what could we do to make this happen in like 15, 10 years? Because, you know, if she's, 29 now you got to be 35 to run for office uh to run for like president and you know it, it with she's young uh subjectively attractive female um and you know the democrats are going to push her 
You already know it, especially with the big win, 78% of the vote. They're going to push her. So it's it, we'll see where her policies end up. We'll see if she maintains this free for everybody or if she gets influenced by these more senior Democrats around her. Um, but in the meantime, uh, kind of spooky. But I mean, Joe Crawley wasn't exactly he just didn't have a shot and he just didn't have a shot in that area. Um, he was going to be beat. Um, once again, marketing prevailed. Uh, and also when you're telling everybody that you're going to get them stuff for free, I mean, who's not going to vote for you? Uh, a lot of people will, uh, Andrew Gillum loses to DeSantis in Florida. That was, um, kind of a surprise to me because I know that Andrew Gillum had had some controversy recently with, uh, some outlets, um, with, you know, where his funding was going, how he was receiving funding, uh, and then the FBI investigation into his campaign. There was, um, it, it was it, it. The thing is, is you know, I see all those things on right wing media, and being, I mean, it, you know, let's, let's call a spade a spade. That most of the mainstream media is controlled by left leaning or left policy uh, politics. You know what I mean? They're, it's dictated by that. So you know, I, I obviously am seeing it because I see a lot of this stuff on the right wing about his investigation, about how he's you know he's totally finished everything else. That was still a very very close race. I want to say it was 50.1% of the vote for DeSantis to, you know, the 40, 49.3 or something like that. You know, I think the margin was about 50,000 votes and uh, Andrew Gillum ended up uh, conceding victory, but it, it, it really close for someone, you know, and I, and I want to keep myself in check here. You know, it, it, I don't think that if the, if, if, it, if there's an investigation, uh, into your name while you run, uh, it's going to be a lot harder to win, you know, especially, and I'm not the person that says, if you have an active investigation, you shouldn't be able to run because you're presumed innocent until guilty. So that's, that's just kind of where I stand on that. But I mean, you have all these obstacles running against you and to still almost get that close to winning, um, pretty ridiculous. I think they've got 98% of the vote in. Obviously, there's still some places counting uh, counting down right now. Um, an- another close race uh, was out in Texas. Ted Cruz almost lost, really did almost lose to uh, Beto O'Rourke. I, re- I still haven't learned how to say his name properly. Beto, Be- Beto, uh, Beto O'Rourke. Um, and... That was really kind of surprising to me as well, because, again, you know, uh, you have some inside information and uh, some controversy that's been unearthed by um, the O'Rourke campaign of, you know, sending money to the caravans and supporting them and um, with campaign funds for them to get up to the border. And, you know, I'm not saying I'm not saying uh, Honestly, like when I look at it and I hear that story, I'm like, yeah, that's messed up. You shouldn't use your campaign money to do that. Um, I don't I want to believe that he doesn't doesn't have some grand idea of, you know, if I send them some money, they'll come up here and immediately vote for me. I know that's what they probably think will happen. But at, at the end of the day, you know, I, I'm sure there are tons of Americans, uh, unfortunately, that have donated money or goods or supplies to the people that want to come up here and live illegally. So um, anything to appeal to your base, I think is probably what happened there. Um, 
using camp fun, campaign funds to do so uh, was really what made it wrong for me. I mean, you're 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 campaigning to to run for the you know your constituents in your state. You know, you're you're campaigning to work for them um, and to use the campaign money raised by those people, or you know, probably by some other fat cats, uh, you know, that you might have in your pockets that want to see you win using that money to send out to people that are attempting to break the law to come here. And because that's what it is. I'm not going to rehash the entire caravan thing, but we, it is, you're, you're, you're condoning breaking the law at that point. Um, and, and we can work to change the laws, but we have to do that the right way. There's no, you can't just, you can't just, say this is how it should be and then do it. You know, that's, we can't, there's law and order, justice, balance, all of that for a reason. Chaos comes order. Um, and, you know, it, like I, as I kind of navigate some of these results here, you know, uh, uh, Spanberger won here in Virginia, uh, which really just kind of threw me for a loop. I, I did not expect her to win. Um, she's kind of run on this base platform is she played herself really moderate, uh, on TV. Um, you know, she, and she obviously appealed to a military base because of her CIA background. And I'm sure she gained, she gained plenty of votes, uh, through that. But, you know, on TV, she plays very moderate, but you know, in policy, she plays very, um, I, I really don't like using the word socialist, but she's overly, she's progressive. She's very progressive, just like uh, Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez is. And, uh, you know, she she's one of those people that kind of believe, you know, well, if the military has all these benefits, why can't we give them to everybody? And, so, and you know, yes, that sounds really good. You know, the military does have great benefits. The federal government does have good benefits for their employees. They're employees of the government. That's why they have the benefits. Blows my mind. You've, you've contracted your life to work for the government. You, of course, are going, are going to receive these benefits, whether it's health care, life insurance, um, monthly housing, uh, on-base housing for free and your family and stuff like that, the, the GI Bill. All of those things are perks of working for the federal government. And... If you know anything about our population of 330 million people, you'll know that only about 5% of people in this country work for the Fed. So it's it's obviously obtainable and and not ridiculous to think. And you know, this is kind of and and Republicans, you know, yes, they they maintain the house. They maintain the uh, or the Senate, I'm sorry. They maintained the Senate, but, you know, it came, I, I think that they were destined, I think they were going to win the Senate regardless. You know, they've got, they got Judge Kavanaugh in, they, uh, the economy is doing fantastic. And they ran on that for a while that the economy was doing really, really well. Um, you know, and then they also ran on the caravan. Now the caravan is important. Don't get me wrong. But when we're championing this economy and talking about this economy, we should probably start noting why this economy affects everybody um, for the better. Because 
to me, that's just, that seems, it's the easiest way to translate down to how people act on a day to day is if their livelihood is better. If you tell somebody that the reason why they're able to do better is because their boss can afford to hire more people or pay them more, which in turn gives them a better life, then chances are they're going to probably vote for the people that have uh, catered or facilitated that, that environment. Um, what I think is happening right now, and a lot of it is rally talk, and um, President Trump obviously on a big rally campaign uh, over the year over this whole thing. He kind of, I think we're playing to the fringe way too much. You know, we. I've talked to many moderate Democrats uh, that are friends of mine. I've talked to many moderate Republicans that are friends of mine, and they're just tired of it. You know, I feel like seventy percent of us really. Um, lie in this middle area of wanting to wanting to accept the hardships of others, but also keep our morals in check. And unfortunately, you've got um, and unfortunately more for the Democrats. I'm sorry. Like it, it really is. Um, they're catering to this this Twitter diatribe, um, the, the celebrities that want to call out about everything. And everything is this just exaggerated, embellished. Um, scenario of like absolute oppression and uh it's just not it's just really not and you know they're with the things like the bomb threats and everything that were sketchy i mean it came and went it really did and i've tried to not be a conspiracy theorist about this type of stuff but i mean when all of none of them go off and the way that they're set up is made to look almost like a toy uh I mean, yeah, it could be the workings of some shitty teenagers, but at the same time, it just, it, it was too perfectly planned. It doesn't make any sense for a Republican to do it because the the Republican party was in great shape at this point. Like we're looking, you know, judge Kavanaugh was just, uh, confirmed to the, to the Supreme court. Um, we're going into midterms with the, with the base completely fired up. You know, everybody is, is fired up on the right. What sense does it make? for someone to do that. It would make much more sense for people on the left to do that. If, if emotions were running that high. Um, but you know, it, for all we know, it could have just very well have been some absolute nut job. Um, which it probably was, you know, it, the media gets to me too. You know, I like to, th- I, I see all the reports, I see all the things and, uh, it, you know, everyone can be fooled into believing a certain narrative and, I do my best to try to watch out for that um, sometimes. But I, I, th- I just, you know, in terms of this race, you know, when you're looking at Texas, Florida, you know, the states where there was just mass controversy, um, Andrew Gillum surrounding himself with with people like Hillary Clinton. Uh, Florida doesn't like Hillary Clinton. They, they don't. I think a 33% of people wanted Hillary Clinton to win um, in the last election. So, I mean, when you when you do that, you're just kind of, you're, you're, you're alienating the people you're already trying to win to just by using, you know, star power. Um, and when it came to Ted Cruz, Ted Cruz could have done a much better job in running that weirdo looking dude. He could have done so much better. Um, the fact that it was that close is pretty scary. (coughs) Lord, it's a mouthful. Um, in other news though, we've got an article from the Washington post kind of just uh, relaying some other key victories or, you know, milestones. Um, 
there were uh, there were two Muslim women that were elected to Congress: uh, Elon Omar and Rashida Tlaib, Tlaib, Tlaib. Um, and then there, of course, there was Alexandra Ocasio Cortez, youngest female, and then Jared Polis, first openly gay elected governor. Which is um that I mean that's whatever to me. I don't really care. The fact that like that's the, this is identity politics to me, and this kind of goes back into the volatile thing, you know. It, um, Muslim women can run <laughs> if they're American; they can run for public office. Congrats! Uh, if you're a gay man, you can run for public office. Congrats to you. If you're voting for these people simply because of their identity, then you're not really paying attention. Um. And that's, you know, that's just my opinion. I think, you know, obviously if, if you're speaking on terms of, you know, social tolerance, then maybe they will have more of a open understanding than the older heads on the right will, but, um, simply voting for them because of X, Y, and Z, uh, has never been, has never made for good politics. And all it does is make us more emotional in my opinion. Um, there are, you know, men and women of all races that have been elected off of pure policy alone um, and have done great things to this country. So I'm, I'm looking forward to I'm looking forward to see um, I'm looking forward to see how these two women do in Congress. And I'm excited to uh, hear how it goes for them. I, I really am. <clears throat> um. Uh, I had a whole thing. I had a whole thing right in front of me and now I don't. All right. Well, yeah, I'll just go to it. Uh, the house, uh, the house is still not completely counted yet. Uh, the, out of 435 seats, 413 have been claimed. Uh, Democrats definitely, it, it, it's about a 99.99% chance because, um, I mean, it's a hundred percent at this point because, uh, they control 220 seats as of right now. Um, Republicans only control 193. So even if Republicans were to gain the remaining, uh, 22 seats, it would, it, it wouldn't be enough to surpass it. Um, so Democrats definitely, yeah, the, 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 they did win the house. They won over the majority in the house. And, and, you know, I was thinking about it a lot of people think that it's going to just create more pendulum politics to, uh, to have the, the, the house switch over and the Senate be read. Um, and I don't agree with that. I, th I think, I think like the victory that the Democrats have in the house is, is going to, hopefully it's going to reaffirm them a little bit in their actual policy. It's going to make it actually, and then Republicans are going to be Republicans and Democrats in the Senate are going to be able to uh, take a harder look at things as opposed to um, a democratically controlled house writes up a bill. It goes to Senate, gets shut down. End of story. I really don't think that's what's going to happen. I think there's uh, a swing to moderation here. Um, then then I think there's a, a more of a swing to moderation here than if there would have been a republicly uh, Republican controlled house. Um, it, it just, it doesn't, I don't think it should be that one sided in any respect, but um, the Republican party already controlling the Senate with 51 seats right now, Democrats at 43. Um, 
and two for other parties, which surprised me. I want to know who they were. I, I didn't. I didn't look it up. Uh, I could pull it up. No, no, I'm not going to pull it up. <laughs> okay, so there, but there's four seats remaining in the in the Senate. So even if Democrats were to win all four of those seats, um, they would only have 47, and Republicans would have 51. And these independent parties have two. That's awesome. I love seeing independent parties win how uh, seats in in the Senate. I mean, that's it. Just makes me feel good. Unless it's, yeah, well, I won't say all that. I mean, it's it's good. It's good for them. Even if it's even if it's Green Party, yeah, even if it's Green Party. Um, but <laughs> but an interesting overall, um, an interesting overall, like it just uh, political environment that we're in. Um, kind of it, back to the the whole catering to the fringe thing. Are are we done? Um are we done getting so fired up over, you know, memes like the MPC meme or the peppy or PP frog uh, meme or anything like that? Like we, we have got to stop letting like this, the internet social climate, like dictate what politics are doing in real life. It, it, it blows my mind and it happens on the right too. You know, uh, you know, it, we, we have we've gotten so volatile everybody embellishes so much to the right side or the left side on the internet because the only way and i've seen it happen uh because the only way to win an argument on the internet is to be overtly one way or overtly the other way there is no it, it is a rare occasion um when having a political debate on the internet where you can go yeah, I see your point there, but I really think it should be this way. And the other person replies with, I agree. I think it should be this way, but we should also consider this. And then, you know, there's rarely a, a, a agree to disagree moment. It's uh, someone will post on Twitter and, and say, you know, I think healthcare should be free for everybody. And then, you know, people are just like, fuck you, cuck. Like, you know, it, it's terrible. <laughs> it's, it's really, um, it's a really damaging environment. Um, so it's it. I, I'm ready for us to just stop doing that. I'm ready for I'm ready for politicians to realize that the the internet base, the internet's a great tool to build your base and and to even relay information to your base. But the internet is not a great tool to take these you know small sample of opinions as uh, as what it is for everybody. Um, and and because. <laughs> You know, the thing that happens is, is this, you know, after all this Republican stuff was going on and, and, you know, it was, it was said that people want to impeach Trump, um, and that this, these midterms will matter more than ever. And that, you know, people on the right are saying it's going to be an absolute red wave and that the, the, you know, Republicans are going to completely dominate, which honestly I did think would happen. I kind of did think that happened. I was pleasantly surprised to see that the house had turned over a little bit. But um, what what happens is that, you know, the people on the left are saying it's, you know, it's going to be a blue wave. People are tired of Trump and he's a fascist and he's a Nazi. And then to still have to fight as hard as they did to win the House is very indicative of the amount of people that are quietly voting in this country. Whether you're a Democrat or a Republican, there are people that are not taking part in the exaggerated and embellished volatile uh, politics. Uh, on the, on this internet climate that are, that are voting, that, that are voting for people that they believe in too. And there are 
as it shows here in the Senate races and even in some of these closer races for, for the house, um, it is, it's very apparent that, that people are approving more so of, of, of Trump's policies and the left would want people to believe. And I was confused and I didn't look up the actual poll because I kind of got frustrated with it. But uh, there was about three or four articles that I saw going into the midterms yesterday that referenced a CNN exit poll about um, Trump's approval rating. And, you know, being that it's CNN, it's just obviously left leaning. Let's call a spade a spade. You know, this this CNN is, is a left leading or leaning news outlet. And, um, so, you know, I, I go on three or four different websites about in, in looking up predictions for the, for the, for the races there. And, um, everybody is referencing this exit poll through CNN, uh, where Trump has a 44% approval rating. And, and that blew my mind a little bit because I thought I had just saw, or just seen a uh, poll where he had, you know, an approval rating of like 56%, obviously still not very good. Um, so I was confused. I said 12% over the course of what, you know, people wanted from what I could tell and from who I've spoken to in, in person, even moderate Democrats, you know, when we, when we go back on the scandals and we go back on the, the volatile climate stuff, you know, people wanted Kavanaugh in there. Um, even, even moderates I spoke to, even, even some women that would consider themselves feminist, but good Americans, uh, said that this was this was a witch hunt you know that we're innocent until proven guilty and i think everybody realized that after it was all said and done i think everyone saw red uh everyone you know not no pun intended everyone saw red when they when that was going down they went they were angrily shouting angrily getting their message out and then when you look back on it and you can you know have a discussion with somebody and go you know would you want your life's work ruined over this accusation and you know, it, it, it definitely sets people back and they, uh, you know, can start to think that, you know, yeah, maybe we did go a little too crazy there <laughs> and you did, you went way too fucking off the wall. The, the fact that it was, uh, <sighs> the fact that that was blown out so much was, was ridiculous. Um, and then there's the whole thing with the accused, the, the new, uh, the, the new, the other accuser, um, <laughs> yeah, that it was all completely fake. I just found it. Wa- Washington Times says, uh, quote, one of the Justice Brett M. Kavanaugh's accusers admitted this week that she made up her lurid tale of a backseat car rape, saying it was just a tactic to try to derail the judge's confirmation to the Supreme Court. So, uh, and now they're they're working to prosecute her, um, Mrs. Judy Monroe Leeton for lying to and obstructing Congress, which is good. Good, you deserve it. You deserve it. The fact that like this, but this is what I was talking about with the with this catering to the fringe and in the in the volatile politics of on the left side, especially, is that your 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 character is in question. You're you're enabling people that th- to think it's okay to do this, to have these tactics, to, um, to, to make up a false accusation of a, you know, someone who's about to be 
taken into the Supreme Court just to delay things, just to cause more. I mean, you're causing civil unrest, you know, and with with President Trump saying the things he says the way he says them, you're we're causing civil unrest. And then you have people like Jesse um, or Al Sharpton. I'm sorry. You have people like Al Sharpton who go on to CNN and basically accuse the entire Young Black Leadership Summit of being paid um, that they that they're being used as pawns and the White House visit. You know, and, and it's funny to me um, that only one of those days of that four day summit was at the White House. Um, and you had a bunch of young men and women, Latinos, uh, black Americans, et cetera, all there to show their, not even necessarily support for Trump, but show the support for each other and that they can be free thinkers, um, and not, and not be misled by the left side media. And, uh, and the mainstream media wasn't even reporting on it. They, they barely even spoke on it until, uh, Al Sharpton decides to get on TV and basically, uh, demonize the entire group of, you know, 300, I think 300 to 400 people that went out of their way to take part in this event, uh, for things that they believed in is insane. Is everybody, is everybody a sellout? Is everybody a coon? Is everybody an uncle Tom? No. Can we, let's stop the rhetoric. There are people that are going to believe different things. I'm allowed to think you're crazy for it. And you're allowed to think other people are crazy for it, but we're not allowed to just demonize them and go, you're pawns. You're being completely manipulated. You've been bought. You know, that wasn't true. They know it wasn't true. They say it to say it. And Al Sharpton is not one to talk about bought followers and, and, and paying people. Let's put it that way. It'll be an interesting, uh, it'll be an interesting two years coming up to the um, next presidential election. I don't know where it stands right now with um, President Trump wanting to be reelected. Uh, people feel very secure that he will. Um, I don't want to fall into this trap that the left fell into uh, with Hillary. Well, Jeez. Every time, every time I think of Hillary Clinton, I just get queasy. She's trying to run again. They, they asked her if she would want to be president. And she said, uh, I would want to be president, but I wouldn't want to run again. Like, can you hear this attitude? <laughs> like, what are we doing? I would want to be president, but I wouldn't want to run for it. So what do you, what do you want to happen? You just want everyone to just let you in. Here you go. I hope everyone did their part. I hope everyone actually went out and voted. I hope, uh, you know, I don't have Facebook anymore, so I haven't seen people getting overtly pissed. I use this as my way to get pissed and I try to see both sides here, but it's very clear which way I'm, I lean and, uh, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and deny it to you, but I lean that way due, due to the life experiences I've had and, how we, the, the process that kind of goes into, to working towards a better life. You, you, I've been the entitled person before I've been the entitled person, the person that leans on others extremely thinks my life is so much worse than it is because I don't have everything provided for me, you know, just due to my hardships in life because everybody has hardships. And it took me a really long time to break that mentality every, you know, and it, it's easy said, you know, I've talked to people where they're like, and I know everyone has a tough time. 
Like I, you say that out loud, but you need to really accept it. Everybody does have a different life. Everybody does have a tough time. And um, the, unfortunately, uh, the Democrats, a party of that used to run, uh, I, I would think, on genuine compassion and care for others while being um, somewhat more fiscally responsible, is, is now just saying whatever they'd like to say to stir the emotions of people and, and, and get the airtime. Uh, which is why you had a really close race for the house. Thank you, everybody, for listening to the Changing Man podcast. Again, I am Charles Davis. Listen to us on Downcast, Stitcher, Breaker, all the other ones. Scott, are you listening? Scott, pay attention, buddy. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, everybody else. Uh, check me out on Instagram at uh, EmbryFO, E M B R E Y F O. And uh, leave me a message on anchor.fm slash the changing man. Uh, you can comment, uh, ask a question, or criticize any of my points. Um, another thing, too, a uh, quick shout out to the sponsor, CG Fitness. Get in shape with CG Fitness. Charles Davis Sr., 25 year Air Force veteran, F 16 pilot. Uh, certified as a strength coach, um, nutrition specialist, and uh, general personal trainer certification. He is there for all your health and wellness needs, athletics, diet planning, and even meal prepping in the local area. Give us a give us a shout, and we will help you out with that. You can follow him on at CG underscore fit underscore dad, and uh, also new website coming out that's centerofgravityfitness.com centerofgravityfitness.com get your focus balance and strength thank you everybody for listening and i hope you have a great morning afternoon and evening